because I could. It midnight, I was done. I was like, at this point, I don't care who wins or loses. <laughs> I won't even talk about the Alabama game. I don't want to see y'all's smiles go upside down. <laughs> well, that is true. Announcements this morning. We got uh, intercessory prayers held at 940 in the back, back there, so y'all come be a part of that. It's open to everybody. Y'all come uh, pray for your community, and this church is a local church, and just all the needs it's met, you know, through the church and all that, different things, so y'all come be a part of that. We'll be feeding the varsity football team on September the 15th, so I'm sure they need help with that as well. We'll be feeding the JV team on the 25th. A whole lot of eating going on this month. Right after that, we've got a barbecue fundraiser. will be Saturday, September 30th from 5 to 7 p.m., and we will be pre-selling tickets for $10 a plate. And tickets are available to start selling, so y'all keep that in mind. Get you a few tickets, and don't worry about cooking supper that night. Women's group paint party, October 21st, is from 5 to 7 p.m. Money is due by September 27th. Is that just for the women, or can men come paint too? All right. As long as I got how much? How much is it? Thirty dollars, sixty dollars, depending on what you buy. Y'all come do that. I think the money's going to the building fund, or what is it? The nursing home, right? Christmas for the nursing home. So y'all come be a part of that, so you can your money can contribute to that because they need a blessing over there as well. Amen. Alrighty. So this morning, I want to tell you about my Jesus. We sung about him, right? You know, what he done for me, he can do for you. That song says it all. You know, I've I've heard it said to me from talking to someone else that if Jesus could save me, he can save anybody. And I didn't realize I was that bad till I heard that statement. And I was like, dang, was I really that bad? But that being said, Jesus got a hold of me and he can get a hold of anybody and everybody. There ain't nobody too far out from the outstretched reach of the hand of God. Amen. So this is to, to the lost and saved as well devotion this morning. I titled it, Come to Me. And uh, that's, that's an open invitation to all men. Right? Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30 is where we're going to start at. I brought my glasses on top of my head in case I need them this morning, but I'm actually seeing pretty good this time. So he says, now, this is Jesus speaking to the multitudes and different things. So this, this statement that he's making can be taken by everybody in that crowd different ways, right? So come to me. He's saying, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I mean, that's a good statement, ain't it? Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. How many of you need rest for your souls this morning? Amen. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So that could be good for the lost and the saved, right? For the lost, I don't know. I remember back before I was saved, I was uh, weary and heavy laden. And uh, as, as we all know, life don't stop being life just because we get saved. Amen. Life continues to be life. Life still tries to beat you down at every turn. So there ain't a saved person in here, I believe, that I can say 
uh, if we're honest with ourselves, that ain't going through something or have been through something or know that something's going to be coming. Like we don't get put in this little bubble to where we don't have to face anything. We know that. So those things are going to happen. But Jesus says, come to me and I'll give you rest. So when life is beating you down, come to Jesus. He will give you rest. That's the, that's the invitation this morning. So there's a difference between the saved and the lost, though. We as Christians, we're saved. We still deal with these things, and we need rest. We can go get that rest from Jesus. Amen? You know, those things when we can't understand it, when life throws curveballs and you're sitting there with your hands up in tears wondering why, 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 that spirit that is inside of us gives us peace that surpasses all understanding, that even in those hard times, Paul says, count all things joy, you know, that they're producing character and they're producing all these things because we don't know why a lot of things happen, but they do. Jesus is there to make us stronger through those things if we just look to him. The difference is, like I said, the lost, they don't have that comfort of the Holy Spirit living inside of them and all these things. So there's that hole inside them that can't be filled, right? So that's my invitation is more so us, yes, but to the lost. Whether you're here this morning and don't know Jesus, well, I don't know if it's recording for the digital world out there, but anybody who don't know Jesus, it's for you as well that Jesus is there for you, and you ain't went too far, come to him. And like I said, uh, those holes that's in our life, uh, whether you're saved or lost, you know, you can't fill them with alcohol. There ain't enough alcohol, indicator, and medicine combined to fill the hole in your life. There's not enough drugs. There's not enough lovers. I don't care if you're alcoholic. I don't care if you're a druggie. I don't care if you bat for the other team, and we know what that means. I don't care about none of that mess. All I want you to do is come to Jesus. Let Jesus be Jesus, and Jesus will take care of all that other mess. I can tell you he will. So my prayer is that not only do we go out and reach the lost, because that's what we're all called to do if you're a, a child of God, you're a disciple of Christ, that we're to go out and bring the lost to him so that their hole can be filled because if you lost and have a hole, you know, regardless if it's from problems or not, you have you're created with the the purpose of fellowship with Christ, with God, your creator. If you don't have that, there's gonna be a hole. And that's why a lot of people try to fill it with all these things that we talked about earlier. So they're they can never be fulfilled. So that's the reason we need to bring them in so they can be made whole from that aspect of it. But, like I said, it's not only for us to go out there, but my prayer is also that God draw all men to us to the point that the church is overflowing with the lost. Amen? So the ones that we don't go out and reach, I pray God pack the parking lot full of them. Mark 2.17. When Jesus heard it, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician. Amen? But those who are sick, I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So this church building is like a hospital. You know, look at us as, you know, we've, those who have made Jesus Lord of their life, we're kind of like the nurse assistants or whatever you want to look at it. But the, Jesus is the true healer and the true physician. And uh, these doors need to bring the sick in who need that. And in that process, let's don't forget where we come from. Amen. How many of you heard that growing up? Don't forget where you come from. You know, that's applied in a lot of areas, but I want us to never forget where we come from prior to Christ. When that happens, if this door, if them doors busted open and every seat was packed with a sinner, will we look down on them or will we lift them up? 
Amen. Don't forget where you come from. Those doors was closed to you at one time, too, and you stood outside looking in before as well. And I know it's easy, and it's easy to look down on somebody because you hear what they're doing, and you get that initial instinct is, ah, hey, you know, what, you did that before. What if everybody turned their back and looked at you and said, well, ain't no sense in you coming in here or anything like that because we all fit that mold at some point in your life. And those doors was open for us to come in and find this altar right here and get touched by the hand of God and that Holy Spirit get inside of you and change your life that we sung about. Amen. It's hard to look down on people if your eyes is looking up to heaven where they're supposed to be. Amen. The main ones who always got comfortable around Jesus was who? The Pharisees. They was always the one that got uncomfortable when Jesus would show up and start doing Jesus things. They was always uncomfortable. I pray that we not be that. I pray that we have the compassion of Jesus Christ and know what the big picture is. Like I said, we should never get uncomfortable around those who the Lord draws near. Search Him. We should be eager to teach and guide them and show them that truth. Amen. We should never get uncomfortable when the church starts filling up with sinners. Yet we should only be uncomfortable when the church starts filling up with sinners. Let me read that again. I know it's saying the same thing, but it means two different things. We should never get un uncomfortable when the church starts filling up with sinners. Yet we only should be uncomfortable when the church starts filling up with sinners. Let me explain that. First part of that, we shouldn't get uncomfortable when the church starts filling up with sinners as the building. We shouldn't get uncomfortable when sinners come in here. I don't care if they gay, straight, drunk, high, none of that stuff. They got to find Jesus, and this is where you find Jesus. Amen. So let's not get uncomfortable when this building is filled with sinners, but flip that script, and we should only be uncomfortable when uh, the church, which is believers as a whole, those who have that relationship with Christ, when we know better. When, now, when that starts filling up with sinners, then we got a problem, amen? So that's what I mean by that statement. So let's not get uncomfortable when the sinners come in and uh, let's help them get to that light of Christ so that their life can be changed and then the body of Christ grow and expand and uh, God, God's kingdom be revealed here on earth, amen? word this morning all right it's what we're here for right the word of god if you're not here to hear the word of god then i don't know why you're here so it's good to see everybody got got some that are first time visitors and some that been here in a while and and so it's great that you're here this morning you didn't come here by accident i believe you're here for a reason and a purpose and we you know you've been prayed over this morning everyone that comes to this door has been prayed over that you will allow the holy spirit to work and move in your life all right, whether it's your first time or 150th time, it doesn't matter. You come here to allow God to work in your life and watch Him move and watch watch you grow in your life and watch your life change because of obedience to God through this right here. Right? Amen? Amen. All right. As we move forward on the uh, feeding the ball team, um, you know, we've talked last week. We're going to take up donations for food. Um, and so we're uh, getting the food from Alfonso's indicator. It worked out pretty good for the band. It's going to be a little more for the football team because there's a little more players on the football team. 
but but it did work out good for them. And so if you would like to give toward that, we're feeding them this Friday, then then put it in the offering envelope, mark on it, hey, this right here is for the football team, whatever. And and you're feeding the football team, and we'll use that toward the toward feeding that them this week. And if you want to come help serve, then we're going to be at the school 245-ish, 230-245, up in the high school cafeteria, and uh, there will be plenty to do, I promise. And so we appreciate Jeannie and – I'm Jeannie, I'm sorry. Jeannie wasn't there. I can't say her name. Keisha. Keisha, I don't want to – I want to give credit where credit's due, and it wasn't Jeannie. She wasn't there Friday. <laughs> but but Keisha and Aiden and Mac and, and Reed came and helped, and Mama come, and, and so we had a good time serving them. And, and so, like, this week it will be more, and we're, we're believing God – for blessings on the, on this, what we're doing, why? Well, because we're feeding the football team? No, because we're serving, right? We're serving. We've got an opportunity to go and, and, and minister to those young men, to pray for them, pray over them, um, speak a word to them, and that's what we're called to do out in the world, right? We're called to go and serve. And what G- Jesus came to serve, didn't he? He said, I didn't come to be served, I come to serve. And so this is serving, and so this is great that we can do this. All right, and then our fundraiser, don't forget the tickets are on the back. We will stop selling those Sunday the 24th. And so we need uh, all the tickets back in so we can, we can know how, many, how, how much barbecue we're going to need. And I think Josh uh, Speakman has got a big, big smoker lined up to cook all the, the barbecue with. So, so we're looking forward to that, and that, that's going to be a good time. All right. Did I miss anything, Ms. Carol? No. All right. Hey, yes, thank you, Jenny. So on the 24th also, if you notice on the back, we talked about this last Sunday. There were several not here. But then we were doing T-shirts again. So if you didn't get a T-shirt last year and you would like one, they're $15 a piece. We'd, last year we just done gray. There's some other colors back there on the, uh, on the bulletin board back there that, that you can choose from. And I'm sure we can choose gray again. If, we, if, if somebody wants that gray color, it would be no big deal. Okay, so the gray that you see Aiden's wearing it this morning. So, Aiden, you can stand up and show everybody your shirt. Yeah. <laughs> I like embarrassing 13-year-olds. It's great. <laughs> All right, so so we do that. We're, we're trying to get those done because, remember, next month, you know, this month's busy. Next month's busy also. we got the Fall Festival on the 14th of October. Then we're doing the... Uh, Trunk or Treat slash Little Fall Festival here at church on the 25th of October. Um, so, I mean, it's just a busy time. Another chance you get to serve, right? Another chance. All right. Well, let's, let's receive our offering just now. Amen? Yeah. <clears throat> Amen. I've got a few prayer requests, and we, we do these before uh, we, we, when we pray for our offering. And, and so... Um, Miss Jill Stover that, that comes, she had asked prayer for, she's recovering from some surgery she had this week, so just, just pray for her. Um, had one, an anonymous one, um, prayer for family healing, okay, family healing. And so if you just say, well, I, did, I didn't say that, but I need family healing, then you pray for that family healing for your family too, all right? Um, and Danielle told me her dad, Johnny Sides, a lot of you know him. He's been here a few times and used to come all the time, but he had a wreck last night. And, and so he is uh, recovering from that, correct? Did I say that right? It was last night. So pray for Johnny Sides. Miss um, Kathy asked for prayer for her son, um, Steve. So pray for Miss Kathy Henson's son, Steve. And then my Aunt 
neat ask for her pray for her neighbor Gracie Jones so we're going to pray for her she just had surgery not doing well with it so we want to pray for her okay 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 so David Vest he's come here before many of y'all met him we want to continue to lift up um, Stacy's family during their time that they're going through so we want to lift them up this morning all right. Anything else just now? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. We sure will. All right. Well, I know all of you didn't remember all these. If you didn't write them down, y'all just pray in agreement as we lift these needs up to the Lord and pray for this time as we're going into the service together. And, and pray for yourselves that you can enter in this morning and, and get a hold of what God has for us today, okay? All right. Heavenly Father, we love you and we praise you. And we thank you again for this time together, your love and your blessings on our life. God, your goodness and your mercy is just so, so good to us. And, and Father, we don't, we don't want to take that for granted any time. God, we just thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for us and forgiving us of our sins and redeeming us so we can, we can be in heaven with you one day. That's what we look forward to. But not only that, that we can go and share with others the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. God, we just lift these needs up to you right now. We pray for Miss Jewel Stover. God, that you touch her, continue to heal, or continue to heal her from the surgery. Father, we pray for Johnny's sides, that you touch him right now. God, that you continue to heal from this wreck last night. And the same with David Vest, that you touch and heal from his wreck last week. Father, we thank you for that. Pray for Miss Gracie Jones, that you touch her again for healing. These are for healing, Father, that, that you just be with her where she's at. God, that she recovers well from this surgery. God, be with Steve, Miss Kathy's son. God, that he can get a hold of you in his life and, and your word and your truth and get past these addictions and these things that he's going through and recover from them 100% and come out of that thing. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for that. We pray for, for Miss Brenda Leathers and her family, the Barber family. God, all that's going on in their lives. Satan, you're doing your best to destroy what God has put into place. And we tell you, you must go in the name of Jesus. You have no place in their life and their family. And God, we just thank you that you're moving and you're working, bringing peace to those households right now in the name of Jesus. We just thank you for that, Father. God, again, we thank you as we go into our service that you use this time, Father, to, to we can learn from your word. We can grow spiritually, Father, and been in boldness, go out and proclaim your name each and every day, God. We just thank you for this time of tithes and offerings that we're bringing to you. You said bring them into your storehouse. We're bringing them in. And God, we just thank that you bless and touch. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
It's on now. I turned it off when I thought I turned it on. There's too many, too many times flipping the switch back here. We are going to start going through the book of Mark. I love the book of Mark. Not just because my name's Mark. No, it's not named after me. I'm kind of partial to it in that way. But no, the book of Mark is, is a great book. I like it. It's fast hitting. It, it, it's just to the point. Mark is to the point every time. And, and so reading and, and doing some study, and I felt impressed by God to go through the book of Mark. Why? Because we talk about, I talk about Paul a lot, and we talk about Peter and the things that he done, that they done in their ministry, but they would never be made possible without Jesus, would they? So we come here to learn about Jesus. We come here to learn God's Word and what it has for us in His Word and, and how Jesus came to do everything that Jesus said He was going to do. As J.J. talked about, tell you, me about, tell you about my Jesus. We, this all starts with Jesus. J.J. read in chapter 2, and we'll get there here sometime. I, I hope next week because there's some stuff in chapter 2 that I want to bring out. But we're going to start in chapter 1. And, you know, if you, doesn't, if you don't know, Mark, it wasn't just the gospel of Mark. How many realize he was not a disciple? Do you realize he was not a disciple? He was not one of the twelve. You do not find the name Mark in twelve. He's like, well, I thought Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were one of the disciples. Luke was not either. Luke was a physician that wrote Luke in the book of Acts and wrote for Paul. Mark, we talked about it if you were here on a couple Wednesday nights ago, Mark was mentioned. He was a cousin of Barnabas that traveled with Paul. And, and so Paul had him go with him. And so they, 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 they can trace this back to being the same Mark that wrote the book of Mark. We saw how did he write all these things and not, he wasn't there firsthand. He talked to people that was, right? That's how they wrote things back in those days. That's how they confirmed things with two or three talking to them, getting the same story over and over. It's how they, it's how they come into terms with those things. And so, so Mark, he wrote this book and, and, you know, when he wrote it, it doesn't matter. I mean, it, it, they, there's some, they say about the year 70 A.D. is when the book of Mark was written. I didn't know this. They say it was one of the first, it was the first of the four Gospels that was actually written down. So you learn things. You know how you learn things? You study. You know, just as anything in life. So if you want to know something, you study. And so, you know, reading these things, it, and, and so he doesn't go into as much depth. He doesn't start out with the genealogy of Jesus Christ as, as Matthew did. He doesn't go into the birth of Jesus. He starts to the point of Jesus where Jesus was 30 years old and he's coming into the ministry. That's where he starts. Why? Because that's what he felt was important at the time. All this other stuff we knew, but he wanted to get right here. He wanted to, he wanted to be, and, and I love Mark because cause he puts Jesus to a point, and not that the others do as much, but if we don't watch it, we can get put Jesus as this, oh, he loved everybody. He was so sweet and nice. He was just loving all the time, and he, he was. He was a loving person on this earth and loved everybody. But Mark puts it to a point to where he was in their face and bold about why he was here. There, there's not a person that I talked to this morning, and I, and I will not correlate, and I'm so happy that I found in my life where my true happiness and joy does not come from Alabama winning or losing, okay? And if, if that's you, then you need prayer, all right? Whatever your team is. If, if, and so, you know, there was not a person this morning, hardly, because we all know what fans we are of. Sure, was I wanting Auburn to lose last night? Maybe, but that didn't matter. They didn't, it's all right. 
but, you know, that did not know about the game last night and was not hesitant to talk about it. And there's nothing wrong with that. I love, you know, us coming in here. We're named Victory Fellowship. We have a lot of fellowship here. And there's nothing wrong with talking what happened on Friday night with thoughtful football or coming here to talk Alabama-Auburn football, but not forget the main reason we're here is to talk about Jesus. So the problem with a lot of Christians in the church today, we can talk more football than we can Jesus at any given time. We can talk more Alabama statistics and facts than we can about Mark, the book of Mark, or any of the four Gospels in the Word of God. Why? Because that's what we study. That's what's in our face all the time. That's what we listen to. Hey, I, I'm, I'm no stranger to that. I may watch, I watch Saban's press conference sometimes on YouTube. I listen to sports talk radio. I mean, it's, it's, there's no, nothing wrong with that. But is that first in my life? Or is the Word of God first in my life? What, what is more important to us? And so when, when we start studying books of the Bible, we learn things that we didn't know before. And so I pray through this that you will learn and understand things about the Word of God that will help you in your everyday life. To where, sure, it's great to watch Friday night and Saturday night football. Sure it is. I mean, Blitz is a good running back for Priceful. He does good. But is that where it ends? Or is his relationship with God first? And that's where we've got to be. The same with the boys at Faultful or anybody that plays anything. This is great, but our relationship with God has got to be number one. Or, or, or what we know about the Word of God has got to be the most important thing in our life. And if young people, if you can learn that at your age, when you get to my age, and things will be a lot different in your life than they are for a lot of us. Because we're not, you know, a lot of my age does not put God where He needs to be and put Him first and foremost in my life. Come on, we can be honest. Y'all here this morning, it's got quiet. All right, just making sure. All right, I'm here to preach the Word of God, not tell you what you want to hear, remember? All right. So, Mark chapter 1. So he starts out with this. He doesn't start out with any of the other stuff. He starts out, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. The beginning of the gospel. The beginning of the gospel. The beginning of what was to come of Jesus, the man here on this earth. We know Jesus was his name. Jesus is Nazareth, right? Christ was his deity. Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Emmanuel, God with us. He was here. And Mark said, from what I know and from what I can tell, and who knows, Mark may have seen Jesus at some point during his ministry. They don't know. We don't know who was all there. At some point, Mark may have seen something and been around and, 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 and saw where Jesus done something. But, but he, he got to a point to where he knew Jesus as his Lord and Savior, and he wanted to write about him. He said, that is written by the prophets and the prophets. Behold, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare your, prepare your way before you. And that comes straight out of Malachi, the prophet Malachi. Back in the Old Testament, chapter 3 and verse 1, it says, Behold, I send a messenger and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of his covenant, and whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. So he sent a messenger. So we know that messenger that he sent before Jesus was John the Baptist. Correct? So John the Baptist is the one that prepared the way for the Lord that, that, that he has written about. And, and, and so in verse 3, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare you the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. 
So John also, and that comes from Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 3, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. So we can see here already the old prophecy being fulfilled right here, correct? John the Baptist is one of those that started fulfilling that prophecy because before this there was, what, 400 years that God didn't speak. God didn't speak. It wasn't, you read, you read the last chapter, in the, the last book and the last chapter in the Old Testament, and then all of a sudden there's a New Testament. No, there was a span between then where there wasn't no movement. They couldn't, they, they, you, you feel now that God hadn't talked to you in two weeks? There was 400 years that God didn't talk to them. They couldn't get in the presence of God. It's like he turned his back completely from them. But he said, no, just wait. There's one coming. There's one coming. And, and so it's, it's, if, if you're here today and you don't feel like God's there in your life, it's because God's not turned away from you. You've turned away from him. All right? You, there's, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. God didn't turn away. The people turned away. The people kept making other gods before him just as we do today. The people kept putting things before him just as we do today. It's no different back then in their life as it is now. We just have an easier way to get to it. We can get to it through our phones, through our computers, through TVs, whatever, we can get anything we want before God when we want to put Him there. So, it's all right. Let's read on. I, I got a lot of scriptures, so I'm sorry if you can't keep up. that will be on the screen. You can write them down and read them later, okay? Cole can tell you there's a list about this long that I'm trying to get through this morning to correlate from Mark and, and what, what the Word of God says, all right? So John the Baptist was the one that came and, and prepared the way <clears throat> for Jesus is coming. Verse 4 of Mark chapter 1. We'll go back there. I'll try to slow down on my, my verses. I know there's people that like to keep up in their Bible. Verse 4. John came baptizing in the wilderness and preaching a baptism of repentance for the remissions of sin. It's important right there. It's important. This has never been taught before. It's never been preached before. What was the only way people could get forgiveness of sins before Jesus. Go to a priest, right? How many times a year could they go and get complete forgiveness? Anybody know? One time. One time. So they would have to go and hold on to that things they've been doing wrong. And I'm sure there was a lot of them that took advantage of it. Well, I've got 364 days to do what I want to do. And I'll just go make amends one time and I'm good. Does that sound familiar to anybody? We do it today still. Because now we got, oh, this is God's grace and mercy. It's God's grace. I can do what I want to, and sin really doesn't matter. No, and it was the same back then. It did matter. It did matter what they did. It does matter what you do today. It does matter how you live your life. It does matter how you live outside of here and how you're proclaiming the name of Jesus, okay? It does matter. But Paul, John came, and, and so still with John, he said he was preaching a, a, a message of preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sin. And so, sure, there was forgiveness and remission of sin, but there was still something you had to do. It was still based on works, just as it was back in the old day. So the law hadn't been, hadn't been changed. It, Jesus wasn't fulfilled. John couldn't forgive sins. John could preach the way of how to be forgiven of sins, and that way was believing on God, being baptized, and coming up. But it was still, if you read that, it's still a works-based thing. I heard this thing this morning from this preacher. He's out of Florida. 
And he said, we preach the message of the cross. But one thing we get wrong, we still put it in first-person terms. When you ask somebody how, or, or you know, you ask somebody if they're saved or how they're saved. Well, I. Well, I've done this. Well, I've done this. And it took me a second. I was like, well, so what's wrong with that? You had to do something. You had to. But it's all, if we all go back to Jesus, put it in his turn, all right? Well, he done this. Jesus done this. Jesus died on the cross. He said just, you know, you think of the thief on the cross. What happened right before or before he said, hold up, you know, hey, remember me in your kingdom. He was cursing God, was he not? Was he not cursing him? Does it not say that, that he was there saying blast, saying things against Jesus, and then all of a sudden he comes to the point and says, hold up, I think this is the guy. Hey, 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 Jesus, remember me when you get to your kingdom. Remember me in heaven. And Jesus told him today. And so it wasn't when he got, when he got to heaven to the gates and, and said, you know, and they said, why should I let you in? He's like, I don't know. I just talked to this guy in the, middle, in the middle cross right here, and that's how I'm here. So you couldn't do anything on your own to get to Jesus. Jesus had to do it first and make the way for you to even get there. So it was him that done it. We just the recipients of it. Sure, we have to ask forgiveness for our sins, but it's not on our own merit that we're there. It's by Jesus. And, and, and John preaching this, that there is another way for repentance besides going to a man and talking to a priest and, and that man going before God, you can go to God yourself and you can get repentance. That don't make sense. So I'm sure a lot of people, it was like, this, this, this is not right. We know the religious leaders didn't like it just as they didn't like Jesus. And, and so, so John came preaching this new, this new way of gospel, this new, this new gospel, this new thing. And, and sure, we know the story. Jesus came and, and John baptizes Jesus because John said, there's one that whose, whose sandals I'm not even worthy to touch that's coming. He said, I baptize you with water, but one that's coming is going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire, right? And so Jesus came. And I love... Mark uses the word immediately, translated immediately, 39 times in this book. 39 times. That's more than half in the whole Bible is in Mark. I didn't know that either. Did y'all know that? I'm sure, I'm sure the man back here in the American flag shirt probably did. Just because he's had 4,800 years at it. So, 54, I'm joking. I'm joking. But no, you find these things out by studying, studying, and just reading up on things. So, so he said, in Mark chapter 1 and verse 10, it's the first time we see the word immediately. And immediately or straightway, without haste, right then, he said, coming up from the water, he saw the heavens parting and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And so we go from that to immediately, what happens next? We know that Jesus said that. I don't think I've got that one up there, but I'll read it real quick. In, in verse 11, I didn't put that in there, Cole. It's all right. They can read along. The voice of heaven came from, a voice came from heaven. You are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And then what? Immediately, the Spirit drove him into the wilderness. The Spirit of God drove Jesus into the wilderness. The Spirit of God did. He's like, mm. 
God's Spirit drove him into the wilderness. So God drove Jesus into an area of temptation in his life. God drove Jesus, the Holy Spirit drove Jesus into the wilderness, not so he could camp out for 40 days and 40 nights, so he could have it easy for 40 days and 40 nights. No, because he knew he was going to be tested and tried for those 40 days and 40 nights. Say, God done that? Yeah, yeah, God done that. So is God putting, people ask all the time, is God putting me through this? Is God doing this to me? Is God doing, is God, he's just put me in the wilderness and left me there. Nothing about Jesus being in the wilderness did God put him there and leave him alone. Because it goes on to say, and he was there in the wilderness for 40 days, tempted by Satan, okay, by Satan, and, with, and was with the wild beasts, and the angels ministered to him. The angels ministered to him. So if you think you're in a wilderness without God, then, then you need to look to God because there is angels, that, the same angels that ministered to Jesus could minister to you. Jesus didn't sit there in self-pity and defeat because everything was going hard around him. He didn't just say, there's just no point in it. I'm going to give up. I'm just going to give up. Families all to heck. Marriages to heck. Jobs to heck. I hate all of it. What's the point? Does any of that sound like Jesus? So if you're a proclaimed child of God and you have the same spirit inside of you that Jesus did, then why are you sitting there saying that? Why are you saying there's no hope? When the same God that raised Jesus from the dead as your Lord and Savior can raise you up out of any situation in your life, the only thing stopping that from happening is you and your belief in God full as it needs to be. It's the only thing. Immediately, He let Him out to be tempted and tried. Because what happens when, when we all know, we all know that we've all used and heard this term used and this um, area when metals and different things come together and gold, when it's in purest form, it's tested and tried by fire, right? All of it. All of it is. It strengthens it. It strengthens those things. So when you're being tested and tried in your life for whatever's going on, don't crumble under that. Don't crumble under the pressure. No, say, I'm going to use this for the glory of God and I'm going to be strengthened to where I can go up and go on from this. And, and so, so stop, stop crumbling at those things because just as Jesus was tempted, we're going to be tempted in this life also. We know that because we all live it and we all tempt it each and every day. So let's not crumble over those things. Let's rise up as Jesus did and, and know that angels are right there to minister to us and we call on His name. Alright. But immediately is how we want God to do things for us, isn't it? Immediately. Now. Hey, I want this right now, God. And I've heard it preached in my life, and I'm not saying it's all wrong, but we are to go before the throne of God boldly. But there's some points that, you know, all right, this is just me, all right. We can get too arrogant before the throne of God. All right. God, you said that I was supposed to have this, and I want it right now. I don't find that biblical. I don't find it at all. When you get that way, you're arrogant and you've lost the fear of God in your life. God, when, you, when you start, you believe God for these things, and God, hey, I believe you without doubting in my heart right now that you're going to do these things. But we want them now. 
And when we don't see them immediately, then we turn and walk away in doubt and unbelief. Come in and we speak evil. We speak wrong against everything that's going on on in the situation in our life. We speak completely opposite for us because we want it right now without hesitation. Right now. We want God to bless us right now. We expect Him to bless us right now. We expect Him to give us the answer. We want right now the first time we pray for it. We expect those things in our life. That's not how God operates. Remember we talked a couple weeks ago, God is not governed by our time like we are on this earth. We expect God to take the pain away right now for something that we're going through. It may not happen right now, but we expect that. We want it immediately, without hesitation. But good news, there is things that God does for us immediately. Romans chapter 10 and verse 13. This is, if you think, well, God doesn't do anything for me immediately when I ask for it, you're wrong. You're wrong, and you need to read the Word of God. Romans ten thirteen. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. It nowhere before or after that does it say, well, I'm going to call on Him, and He's going to wait 30 days before He answers me. It doesn't say that. It says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's immediate right now. If you're here today and you've never called on the name of the Lord, or you walked away from that, or if you're a child of God and you call on the name of the Lord, guess what? You shall be saved. Saved out of every whatever distress you're going through. Saved in this life and after this life. That's no hesitation that this happens. When we repent of our sins, what happens? He immediately forgives us for it. He didn't say, you're going to have to do this for seven days. You're going to have to go here for a week, two weeks, a month, a year. None of that. He says in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9, 1 John 1 and 9. He says, if we confess our sins, first you have to confess them. You have to want forgiveness of them. You have to want a change in your life. He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And he didn't stop there and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's immediate. That happens right now. That happens the moment you ask God for forgiveness of your sins and repent and go away from. And another area, when, when things look like they're the worst they've ever been, what happens when the enemy comes in like a flood? When the enemy comes in like a flood, back in Isaiah chapter 59 and verse 19. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and His glory from the rising sun. When the enemy comes in like a flood. The enemy comes in like a flood. And it seems to happen a lot in people's lives. The enemy's right there. Why? Because the thief comes not but to steal, kill, and destroy. So he wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy your life. He wants to destroy your marriage, your home, your job, everything about you. He wants you to be beat, broken down, and disgusted and busted the rest of your life. That's what he wants. Why? Because when we're there, we can't see God through it. But he says, when he comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against it. He'll raise up a shield. He'll raise up a wall. That happens immediately. When? When we call on the name of the Lord. When we call on God. God, I need your help. I need you now. I need you in this area of my life. I need you to work here. I need, I need wisdom here. Guess what? He comes. The, the area that we mess up in and, and can't figure out, it's not how we want it to happen. 
It's not how we want it to happen. There's, we read the whole story and lineage of Jesus. It's nothing how we figured it would happen, but it happened. God's not logical like we think He should be logical. God's God. He can do whatever He wants to and use anybody and anything He wants to to do His will in this world. And so when we call on Him, He'll raise up a standard against Him, against the devil, against our adversary that comes. That happens immediately. Happens immediately. Sure, none of this that I said, the pain goes away immediately. The problem may not go away immediately. The temptation may not go away. Why? Because the the devil knows who Jesus is. And we're going to read that in just a minute. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13, No temptation has overtaken, has overtaken you except such as common to man. So the same temptations back then are the same temptations now. And they can all be correlated to to 1 John chapter 2. Lust of flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. All of those. All of those. But God is faithful, right? God is faithful. It's so good that we serve a faithful God. That He doesn't give up on us when we give up on Him for not doing as, as we expect Him or want Him to do when we want it. Who will not allow you to be tempted above what you are able. And sometimes it feels like, God, how much more can I be tempted? And God's sitting there saying, how much more, how much longer are you going to stand there and not proclaim my name in the situation? How much longer are you going to stand there and, and not do anything about it through my name and through, through this word that I've given you? How much longer are you going to do that? He says, but with the temptation will also make a way of escape that you'll be able to bear it. You will be able to bear it with the name of Jesus going forth out of your mouth before anything else. You'll be able to bear it. So we cannot handle on our own what the devil's throwing at us, but we can handle it through the name of Jesus, right? Amen. Amen. Let's go back to the book of Mark. Chapter 1. Verse 18, here's another. Immediately, immediately they, they left their nets and followed him, who his disciples, when he called them. They just dropped them. No hesitation, no questions, no anything. They dropped their nets and followed Jesus and said, that's the one we need to go with. That's the one. Immediately they left and followed their nets. And, and now it goes on, and, and you can read in the other books, and there's some different time frames and stuff that go on. But in verse 23, I want to, I want to read these few verses to end today. Mark 1, 23. Now there was a man in the synagogue with an unclean spirit and cried out. You know what the synagogue was back then, right? Where we're at today. Right? So there was a man with an unclean spirit in church. This is J.J. said. Sinners come here to be cleansed. But the difference is this, this, uh, this man with the unclean spirit, he cried out. He cried out. And didn't cry out as, hey, God, forgive me. No, he cried out to test Jesus where he was at. So this tells us a couple things, just one verse. The devil doesn't stop at that door right there. Right? The, the same devil that, that is tempting you and whatever outside that door is the same one that's telling you right now that you're good and you don't need to help with any area in your life. It's the same one. The same one that said you don't really need to go to church today, but while you, and then you get here is the same one that's saying, eh, what he's preaching ain't really for you. You know, this, this is good. You're all right. You're okay. Don't worry about it. It's the same one. 
So this unclean spirit in this man, this demon that was in this man, as we read on, he cried out, saying, let us alone, us. Who's us? That would have been him and anybody else that was around to hear Jesus. So he wasn't the only demon in the place, was he? He wasn't the only one. How many ever get aggravated when somebody starts telling you what you, the Word of God, when you really don't want to hear the Word of God? I was talking to a guy yesterday. He was messaging me yesterday morning. And we talked back, and he messaged back and forth about life. And he said, yeah, you know, I miss my mom and different ones that he's lost in his life. And I said, I understand. He said, I don't think God will ever forgive me for things that I've done in my life. Um, he said, you know, just what I've done to people and different things. And I, and I told him, I said, now you know the Word of God and you know that's not true. And I, and I went on and, and put some Scripture in there and, and, and then, you know, different things and was encouraging him. And then it's like it went, okay, thanks. That was it. He never, te- he never messaged me back. Why? Because when people are in sin, don't want to hear the solution, they want you to wallow with them. They want you to just roll around with them and, and, and just, just, just pat them on the back. It's okay. It's all right. It's all right. No. What we need to do in our boldness through faith in Jesus Christ is proclaim the Word of God to them and say, here's what the Word of God says, how you can get over and through that. How you can get past this in your life. This is what we need to do. And not pacify them in their sin. So, so we, we go on. He cried out, let us alone. What do we have to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? This is one man saying us. He's not putting it, not you come to destroy me, no us. Us. Why? Because the devil thought that he was able to do what he wanted to do. God wasn't in the picture. God wasn't hardly talking to nobody. So he could just run rampant in this world and do what he wanted to do. He said, I know who you are. The devil knows who Jesus is. The devil knows. But he also knows that he has no power over Jesus. Why? Because as we'll read later, and we've read before, Jesus said, I watched Satan fall as lightning from heaven. I watched it with my own eyes. So this demon knew that Jesus was not, he called him Jesus of Nazareth. But he knew that's not who he all he was. He wasn't just some man like John the Baptist. No, this was Jesus Christ. Because he says, he ends his say, you are the Holy One of God. You are the One. He said, what are you doing? He said, let us alone. I love it. Jesus didn't say, no, hey. That's how we do a lot of times because we really don't we really don't want to get past our problem. We just want to wallow in it some more. So we'll say, devil, I tell you, just leave me alone. Leave me alone. Talk, talk quiet to him. You ever, you ever done that? You really don't want to say it out loud. I don't want nobody to hear me. No, Jesus said, hey, right here. Right here, devil, I rebuke you. Be quiet and come out of him. He got bold, didn't he? He wasn't just some hippie little Jesus that we like to proclaim in some churches today. He wasn't just, oh, just prancing around and wore just whatever clothes and, you know, danced around and loved everybody. No, he was bold in what he done. When it comes to the devil, he was really bold. And that's the same thing that you need to be because the same spirit that lives inside you lived inside Jesus on this earth. I'm not calling you Jesus, but you have the power. He said, this power in me, he said, I give to you. So greater things than I do, you shall be able to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. So in your own home, in your own life, in your own job, whatever it is, when times get rough, 
whenever things are bad, don't, don't, you may have to go outside. You may have to go into a closet, into another room, and start being bold in your faith and who you are in Christ Jesus and telling Satan he has no place and no part in your life. And until we get bold as Jesus did, guess what the devil's going to do? Keep doing what he's doing. Keep doing what he's doing. And, and so when Jesus cast his demon out of this man, did the devil just leave Jesus alone completely? No. He was there the next time something happened, the next time something happened, the next time something happened. So guess what Jesus done every time? Spoke boldly against him. Spoke boldly against him. He said, be quiet. In other words, shut up, devil. Shut up, devil. There's nothing wrong with telling the devil to shut up. Nothing at all. Come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had convulsed him and cried out with a loud voice, he came out and left him, didn't he? He came out and left him. This took, all took place in a synagogue or a church. They were all meeting together. They were all meeting together to read, to read the Torah, to do, to do whatever they did in, in, in their church back then. So when Jesus is in the room, guess what? When Jesus' name is proclaimed, the devil don't like to stay around. When you're bold and speak in the name of Jesus, he doesn't like to be around. Sure, he's going to try to take your mind off God more. He's going to try to put other things in front of you more to where you can't, to where you try to distract you a little more here, a little more there, do whatever he can. But, but at the end of the day, when we stay on the name of Jesus, because the devil knows the power that's in that name. The devil knows the power when you speak the name of Jesus. And so we keep speaking it. We keep speaking it. If you came here with problems today, guess what? He don't want you to get rid of them. He don't want you to lay them down. He don't want you to ask forgiveness. He don't want you to forgive other people. He wants you to keep harboring those things because when we do that, we're staying disobedient to what God told us to do. And, and, and we keep those things just right there in front of us and we can't see God through them. He wants you to hang on and keep struggling. Just as Jesus went into that synagogue and prayed and, and told the devil to come out, it's time for a lot of us to tell the devil to shut up and get away from us. And if you can't be bold in here, then you're not going to be bold out there. If you can't tell the devil here to go on and leave you alone, then you're not going to do it out there as you need to. I'm not preaching some kind of just, well, I really can't do that. You can. You can. You can do that. Today is the day to where you lay those things down. Why wait, why wait till tomorrow when you're going to have to deal with it the rest of the day without Jesus? Why wait until the next week? You say, well, I'll just come back next week and you know, I'll, I'll ask God to forgive me of my sins and, and cleanse me. Why, why think that? People do. Trust me. I've been in a state of backslide, of, of a backslidden state in my life before. And sit in here, sit back there where the sound booth used to be, sit up there, whatever, and said, I'm good. I'm good. Knowing the whole time I was not good, but did not want to do what I was told to do, what I knew to do. I didn't want to give up my lifestyle. I didn't want to give up how I was doing. I didn't want to give up the fun that this world says that I'm in right now. I didn't want to give up those things. 
But you, wouldn't, you didn't come here today, or I pray you didn't come here today just to come to suffice for a couple hours. You came here today for a purpose. And I pray, and you've been prayed over, as I said, at that purpose that you let things go in your life. It doesn't need to be there. You, you say, I'm enough, devil, enough of those things, and you rise up in the name of Jesus. See, I'll stand this morning. It's time today to let it go. We say this every week. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day.